Welcome, everybody, to Books with Cooks, a podcast for bookies and foodies. Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm Alex. And we're two cousins who are also best friends who love to read. Yeah. And I love to cook. And I cook to survive. We'll be reviewing, analyzing, sometimes overanalyzing, and discussing the books we're currently reading, as well as new and old recipes from our kitchen to yours. By the way, we're real people with real families. So you may hear cats, dogs, birds, babies, and husbands. So enjoy that bonus material. Now let's get booking and have a tasty chat. Listeners, stick around after this episode for some bonus content. All right. So before we get into it today, what are we snacking on? What kind of snacks we got going? Snacks. Snacks. I'm drinking a polar seltzer uh, strawberry watermelon. It's mm. a new flavor and it is pretty delicious. Sounds and really good. I'm snacking on some nacho-like tortilla chips. They're nacho-flavored tortilla chips. They're organic. Um, they're from Target, and they are the Good and Gather brand. And honestly, they're pretty good. They, nice. they have, you know, no chemicals and, and no uh, artificial dyes or anything in them. Um, so I think they're pretty good, and they're healthier nice. for sure. Yeah. Okay. How about you? I am not snacking on anything today. I have a polar seltzer as well, cranberry lime, although mm. I did recently buy a soda stream so I can make my own seltzer. And I have been doing that. I just, um, I didn't today because I'm washing the bottle and I ordered uh, a separate one, but I I didn't get it yet. So I I have to clean the bottle and then I'm going to make some more, but it's really good. And it's so easy and quick. It's so much fun. And I bought the flavors as well that I'm waiting for. I've just been drinking it plain for now, but I bought some flavors so I can have a flavored seltzer. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Did you cook dinner tonight or? No, we got Chinese food tonight. Okay. And, um, Chinese food isn't my favorite, but my family goes crazy for it over here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I my love son Chinese. loves it. I usually just get the noodles or like a mushu pancake with vegetable, something like that. Mm. What do you usually order when you guys do? Um, I order a whole bunch of different things depending on my mood, but I really like the crab rangoon. I really like steamed dumplings. I like the general sows. I like Szechuan chicken. I usually get chicken. I don't really get beef or anything like that. There's actually, there's a dim sum place by us that has soup dumplings. And oh. when I moved here, I was so excited because I haven't had them in so long and a, a lot of places don't have them. And there's one, there's a place literally like down the street from me and I, I was over the moon. That's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Chinese food's not as exciting for me because of limited options. For those of you who don't know, I'm a vegetarian. For me, when I look at options, yeah, you know, it's not as exciting because back in the day when I did eat chicken, I used to like get General Tao or sweet and sour chicken and Mm -hmm. they were delicious. But now it's kind of like, you know, you get veggies. (laughs) Yeah, but I do. I do love edamame. Very, I love edamame. Very big fan of edamame. And the the place by me, um, shout out to the Chopstick House. (laughs) They they have a stir fry zucchini and a garlic sauce. Mm. It's pretty delicious. I usually yeah. get that. Yeah, it sounds um, amazing. 
Yeah. Anything zucchini I'm a fan of. It's yeah. Probably my favorite vegetable. Yeah. It's really tasty. All right. I, I just had leftovers today. So I had made the pasta with the chicken meatballs the other day. And I had that leftover today because I didn't feel like cooking. My husband got home late. And so that wasn't cooking. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So anything else that we want to chat about before we get started? Uh, Just quickly, I am reading or both of us are reading right now for future episode. We're reading Divine Rivals by Rebecca Ross. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really liking it so far. Yeah. Uh, I will spare my thoughts until the episode that discuss and review it. Um, mm-hmm. But if anybody is interested in reading along, now would be the time to start. We will be not doing it, do- uh, not, not this Tuesday's episode, but the next Tuesday's episode will be when we air that review. Mm-hmm. And the link is available in our bio for Divine Rivals. It's also available on Kindle Unlimited if you are a subscriber to that. Um, and uh, so far I would recommend it. It's definitely catching my interest. Yeah. What do you think of it? I'm really enjoying it so far. It, I think I said to you earlier, it reminds me of like a magical you've got mail and yes, that's one of my same. favorite movies. So <laughs> I, I like it. It's, it's very sweet so far. I'm about halfway through. So I'll, I'm looking forward to the rest of it for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I also, yeah, yeah, well, I also just finished. um, So I am reading the Throne of Glass series. I do want to read the whole thing before the New Crescent City comes out. And I just finished Crown of Midnight and I'm about to start Air of Fire once I finish up Divine Rivals. So, so far, I'm really enjoying that as well. I do think I like Akatar better so far, but I think that this is one of those series that the first couple of books are good, but then it starts to get really good in the later books, kind of like Harry Potter, where it establishes the characters and the plot and the world in the first few books. And then the last few books, it's like, this is what we've been working towards. So I think that that's how the series might be. So I am looking forward to the later books. So far, it's kind of like, it's good. I enjoy it. I don't know if I love it yet. Well, I know you love Akatar, and I did start reading Akatar this past weekend. Yes. I am pushing through so far. Mm. Uh, I know everyone says the first book is not the best book. Mm -hmm. I'm starting to realize that a little bit, but I'm not far in. And it's not really fair because one of my triggers is animals and hunting. Um, So the first two chapters are hunting and I'm just like, meh. (laughs) Yeah, but it'll after that. Did you read anything else after that yet or no? I read another chapter after that and I'm still like, meh. So we'll see. All right. But I hope it gets super exciting because all I hear about on book talk and from you is Akatar, Akatar, Akatar. So I will yeah. push through it. Uh, I do want to read the entire series. So I'll keep you guys updated. Definitely. The first book to me is like on a different plane than the rest of the series, but you need it to kind of build the characters and build the backstory. And there's a lot that happens. The last third of the book is what hooked me. I was like, oh my God, this is one of my all-time favorite books. And then once I got to the second one, I was like, this is one of my favorite books. And then as I just continued reading the series, I was like, this is it. I love this series. So just hang in there. And I do know that hunting is a trigger for you and I should have given you a heads up and I didn't. Uh, So I'm sorry. Thanks. (laughs) Go ahead, read it. You'll love the first two chapters. No, she didn't say that. Okay. It's time for the word of the day. Remember that we encourage our listeners to use these words in your daily conversations 
and with us on our socials. Stay tuned at the end of this episode when we will give out our sassy spatula award to whoever correctly uses the word in conversation during the previous episode. Each word of the day will come from the Word of Day Vocabulary Workbook by Francine Puckley or Franny the Pucks. Follow the link in bio to get a copy for yourself. Without further ado, today's Word of the Day is... Ostentatious, spelled O-S-T-E-N-T-A-T-I-O-U-S, pronounced os-ten-te-shus. It is an adjective that is defined as showy, seeking attention with gaudy displays of talents or possessions. For example, you shouldn't take the roles to the party. It will be seen as ostentatious. Oh, those are some ostentatious roles you got there, Jess. What kind of roles are they? Why are you trying to brag with your roles? Are are they belly roles or are they like actual like Hawaiian roles? Uh, I need more clarification on these roles. But Alex, let's come up with some examples to help us remember. Uh, I'm sure we could think of an example or two on the fly. Okay. And Darna may be seen as ostentatious among the dragons because she's strutting over here with her gold uh, skin, scales, gold scales, golden scales, <laughs> golden scales. <laughs> uh, sometimes Zayden can be a little ostentatious to the ladies reading the book. <laughs> okay. And to, the ma- and to the males as well. Sometimes. Mm, that's true. In the book, there were some. There were some of the men. All right. Uh, I'm trying to think of fourth wing examples. Hmm. Mira thought that Violet shouldn't bring so many books because she might seem ostentatious. Yeah, Jack is a little ostentatious uh, all the time, acting like he's better than everyone else, like he's going to, you know, score the black dragon. Little, little ostentatious, Jack. Okay. All right. So there you have it. There's the word of the day. It's ostentatious. And we have some trivia for you. So it originates from the Latin word ostentare, meaning to display. The modern English interpretation grew into showy, gaudy, and intended for vain display. You're ostentare. You're ostentare. <laughs> you're a little ostentatious. You're you're hey. over here bringing your rolls to the party. You're like, look, I got all these. <laughs> I got these brioche rolls. So ostentatious. I'm ostentatious and I just don't care. (laughs) That's the most bizarre example for any of the ones we've had so far. Like of of all the, like, why wouldn't it be like jewelry or something? Like why rolls? Probably the the least ostentatious bread. Look at the Hawaiian rolls on my necklace. (laughs) I can't. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that brings us to our speech series, a segment we like to do on our Thursday episodes to help enhance our speech and yours as well. So we're going to be taking this from The Well-Spoken Thesaurus by Thomas Healer. It's a good book to help us, you know, broaden our communication skills. So for today, instead of saying bad mouth, I like to bad mouth that bitch. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Instead, you could say, speak harshly of. I don't like to speak harshly of her. Okay. Or, I'm going to badmouth you, bitch. <laughs> Instead, you could say, I might speak harshly of you, B-I-T-C-H. <laughs> All right. Do you speak have any examples of. for us? Sure. Uh, Dane encourages Violet not to badmouth Jack. Instead, he could have said, Violet, do not speak harshly of Jack. 
Excellent. Or Zayden could pop in and be like, Zane, don't speak harshly of this girl you know since you're three. <laughs> All right. I don't know why he had to have a British accent. I thought that was weird. <laughs> yeah, whatever. All right. <laughs> okay. It's time for the question of the day. Let's do a rapid fire round. So we're going to have two minutes on the clock and yell out as many items of clothing that we can in two minutes. Go. Okay. Shirt. Sweatshirt. Sock. Underwear. Bra. Sweater. Undershirt. Camisole. Cardigan. Uh, uh, pants. A shoe. Skirt. Dress. Skirt. Dress. Sandals. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Am I just repeating what you said? A bra. <laughs> undies. Um, uh, boxer shorts. A bathing suit. Swim, ooh, swim, bathing swim trunks. Suit. Yeah. Uh, a blankie, thanks. a snuggle, a snuggie, <laughs> snuggie, um, <laughs> finger gloves, scarf, winter coat, parka, a, j- a jacket, <laughs> a blazer, blazer is good, vest, a suit, oh yeah, tie, a tie. bow tie, a- an evening gown, okay. a wedding dress, okay, a uh, corset, shorts, scorch, lingerie, lingerie. Um, cardigan sweater. We said that tight cashmere. I, I said a cardigan. Yeah, a scarf. I said a scarf. Um, a shirt, a blouse, a hat, a beanie, a mask, a man. I mean, stockings. Wow, a tank top. Okay, a headband. I don't know. I think I'm out of clothing. A hoodie. <laughs> A hoodie, a sweatshirt, we said. Mm-hmm. A blanket, if you're really, really cold, you can wear it around the house. <laughs> I'm getting desperate. And time's up. All right. All right. So now we're going to, sorry, Jess, uh, we're going to move on to our questions for today. So we'll start with the first one. Who is someone you admire, alive or dead? Audrey Hepburn. Okay. I love her. I love her movies. I think she was very graceful. And I think that she seemed like an overall person. I, her whole struggle, her childhood, her upbringing, everything about her story is pretty remarkable. Mm-hmm. And um, the, uh, oh, damn it, I can't say it. What is it? The sea in Spain? No. Yes. Uh, the rain in Spain falls mainly the rain, on the plane. <laughs> the rain in Spain falls mainly on the plane. Yes. Love that movie. <laughs> What's your favorite Audrey movie? Uh, it's a toss up between Breakfast at Tiffany's and My Fair Lady. I think My Fair Lady has a small, yeah, it has a small advantage because it's a musical, but I love Breakfast at Tiffany's too. Yeah, but Roman Holiday and Sabrina are also great. Sabrina is, yeah, Sabrina is very, yeah, the fashion alone in Sabrina. She wears the most beautiful gown ever that she got in Paris. I think that's like the original uh, Devil Wears Prada, like outfit wise from Paris. I just love that whole era. Yeah. The whole fashion of that era. Yeah. All right. How about you? Um, how about you? So I will say my parents, I just really look up to them and admire them. That's really sweet. Thank you, parents. Shout out to the Anna Nerns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just really admire them. And I, I, I don't know, I ask them for advice all the time. And I always ask for their opinion on things. So I just, I'm going to say my parents. All right. Uh, what set of items could you buy that would make the cashier feel uncomfortable? It'd be like, how many items? Three items? Should we go with three? I think it could be any set of items 
like that okay. would go together that you think would make the cashier feel uncomfortable? Tampons, lube, and <laughs> condoms. Okay. <laughs> and birth control. <laughs> All in one shot. Okay. Oh, you took it a way different, <laughs> way different than I was thinking. <laughs> so I was going to say um, masking tape, some rope, oh. Oh. <laughs> and some fire starter. It's dark. <laughs> I know. Fire starter. <laughs> Jesus. I know. And bleach. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But well, you heard it here, folks. Alex is planning on uh, taking someone out. And <laughs> next wow. week on America's Most Wanted. <laughs> Alex from Books with Cooks, making the cashier feel super uncomfortable. <laughs> All right. So as you all know, we recently finished reading Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaros. And as usual, we wanted to go through some of our favorite good and bad reviews that we found online. Uh, remember, you can find our full reviews on Goodreads. And just so everyone knows, Fourth Wing currently has an overall rating of 4.66 out of 5 on Goodreads with a publication date of 5-2-23. So very highly rated. Mm-hmm. Um all right, yeah. so let's fun, go. Fun fact on Amazon, uh, there was no one or two star reviews. Mm-hmm. So pretty solid record there. Yeah. All right, so let's go through the bad reviews first. Do you want to go first, Jess? Oh, sure. Okay. I really <laughs> love this was really this funny. <laughs> um, so uh, as I said, I found this on Amazon. Uh, they didn't give any two or one star, but this is a three star. And it's it's great. So <laughs> the title says, enough about the man's privates. <laughs> goodness gracious this book had potential an interesting storyline a great twist some good detail and it's all lost on the heavy emphasis on the sexual obsession of two young people not exactly original material Uh, the book's plot is interesting enough that it could have totally carried the book but instead it devolved into how firm his privates were and great their sex was after a particularly interesting battle scene, I found myself whispering, please, please, don't describe his tongue, exploring her soft mouth again, or how much he wants to take her. I probably will wait for the reviews of the second book to see if the author moves away from this bodice ripper material to the hardcore, pun intended, battle adventure it can be. Wow. I this person is just so funny. They make it seem like the whole half, like second half of this book is just like... And constantly describing yeah like just, just his just his balls like... yeah like i don't understand it's like oh well violet had a lightning bolt in one hand and zayden's balls in the other hands like what kind of book were you reading i know <laughs> where's that edition oh it's so funny <laughs> also what a bizarre thing to think after the battle scene like please please don't describe what during the battle she went to grab a <laughs> lightning rod and instead grabbed a different rod <laughs> oh my god <laughs> none of that happens in the book no like, down, it doesn't <laughs> it's a lady calm down lady anyway all right oh, so man. i i saw two one-star reviews on goodreads and i couldn't decide between the two of them they were both very short so i'm just gonna go with both the first one said who had a gun to the head of everyone who rated this five stars? <laughs> Damn. That's so <laughs> savage. I know. And the second one just said, Satan wears skinny jeans. Okay. That is erroneous. Erroneous, erroneous. on all accounts. 
<laughs> First of all, I never got the impression that Zayden ever wore skinny jeans. But as far as the other person who did the review is concerned, obviously he was wearing no pants. The whole <laughs> second half of the book. <laughs> Which one is it? Was he wearing pants or not wearing pants? Let's get it together. <laughs> people can't decide <laughs> also the first review of yours though did that person even read the book or they read the first page and they're like nope i know some people just right. aren't into fantasy and then they try to read like fantasy books and they hate it and then they act like they're surprised by it i don't know i guess get them out of here i know all right so how about those good reviews all right you want to go first on this one sure so this is a five-star review from goodreads the person said if y'all see me on the news tomorrow, it's because I broke into this author's house and tried <laughs> to steal the manuscript for the sequel. Same girl. It's <laughs> legit. I can't even begin to describe the attachment of love I have for this book and its characters. It's one of my favorite books of all time now. The author really wrote the most heart-wrenching, emotionally loaded, appetite-terminating sentences and said, deal with it. I all felt right. that in my core. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> so mine is a five star review as well, and it's very short. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say exactly. I feel the same way as this. Okay. I will be rereading this book my whole life. I loved it so much. Okay, so we've heard what other people had to say. Now here's our backflap, Alex. All right. If you like dragons, magic, war, underdog stories, and sexy shadow wielders, read Fourth Wing. Do you not like these things? Read Fourth Wing anyway. Jess and Alex. Woohoo. <laughs> if you want to feel like what it would be like to ride on the back of a dragon, read this book. Jess and Alex. All right. And the last one. We need Iron Flame now. We do. We need it now. Jess and Alex. <laughs> I don't want to wait for November. All right. All right. Now we're going to move on to our sequel series. What do we think is going to happen next? Where do the characters go from here? And what do we want to see happen in the sequel? Alex, what do you think? All right. So I obviously want to hear Brennan's story. Hell what happened yeah. to him? Yeah, I need to know what happened. What made him switch sides? How did that whole thing unfold? I want the tea, okay? I want to see tea. the Brennan tea. I want to see Zayden and Violet rebuild their trust. I want to see what happens between the traitors, quote unquote, at Beskayeth. Do they go back? So do does it, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, do Zayden and his group with Violet, do they go back to Beskayeth? Do they enlist more assistance from people like Rhiannon, Sawyer, Riddick, et cetera? What happens? I want to know. I want to learn more about the Venon and the Wyvern, as well as the war outside the college's walls. I'd like to see more of the world in general and learn more about it. I want to see Dane get his comeuppance. Um some predictions that I have You're for the sequel. You're a come upon. Some predictions I have. I think Dane will be a primary opponent and may end up leading a force that hunts down this mini rebellion or this new rebellion uh, that we have in this group. I want to see what's going on with Andarna. She's apparently double the size now. Does she still have the same powers? Does she have new ones? Will Violet be able to channel through her? I want to see what happens there. Is she going to be able to ride her? Is she big enough for Violet to now ride Andarna and Tarn? Need to know. It, is she still gold? Did she change? Is she colors? still golden? Exactly. So I need answers. I also want to know what's going on with Mira. Is she going to have to choose a side now? Is she going to side with Violet and Brennan? Is she going to side with her mom? Is she going to side with the Venom? What's going to happen? I need to know, Becky Yars. 
That's all. Yeah. No, that was great. I agree with all of that. I do want to know about Mira too. Is she going to switch sides? Did she know about Brennan? Did she know about the Venom? So many answer- unanswered questions I yeah. need. I-, I don't want to see Dane be a primary opponent. I want to see him dead. Um, <laughs> I want the first chapter to be what happened to Amber, only worse. I don't want it to be instant. I want him to suffer. Okay. Going wow. down, Dane. <laughs> You're going down. Uh, but I also want the tea. I want all of this. Everything that you said is exactly how I feel. And um, I just, I want it now. <laughs> right? right now. <laughs> but it is going to be interesting to see what happens with the mom. And I, I need to know more about Brennan. Why is he hiding out? Yeah. What made him switch sides? Like you said. Uh, yeah. Was he resurrected or did he fake his own death? Like what happened to tell him? Give us the right? tea. <laughs> give give it now, Becky Yar Yar. <laughs> All right. I know. I'm so excited for November. So now let's go to our rewrite the novel segment. So for this segment, we'll tell you what we would have changed about the book that might have influenced our rating, if anything. Um, Jess, did you want to go first? I would not have changed a thing. I love the book. (laughs) Maybe I would have, you know, embellished a little bit more about Violet's disease. I would have made it more clear that she has a disease. It's easy to skip that quick paragraph. So I don't know. I don't think I would change anything else except maybe learn more about Jack. Like you said, I think um, his background information could have been interesting and intriguing to see why he was such a day bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe learn more about Dane. But I think I think we may learn more about him maybe in the second book. I'd like to know why he switched sides, why he's anti-Violet, why he was pro-Amber. Did they like what happened there? Uh, I don't know. Some minor things. Otherwise, I I love it. I loves it. (laughs) How about you? Um, I wouldn't have changed much about the book. Mostly I would have just liked to have seen a little bit more editing from the author in terms of just kind of going through and maybe seeing where she could have fleshed things out a little bit more, explained more about the world and built it up a little bit, um, explained more about Violet's illness, given a little bit more dimension to Jack and in some regard, Dane as well. And in general, just being a little bit more discretionary with the tropes and cliches that she used so that it didn't feel so derivative while reading. But overall, super fun book everything you know the plot was interesting is exciting the characters are are complex for the most part and I can't see what you can't wait to see what happens next (laughs) yay yeah iron flame now we're going to transition into the cooking portion of our episode we thought it would be fun to discuss some help helpful cooking tips for today we're going to discuss one of our favorite things to consume coffee tips and tricks Alex you're up. All right. So this is a pretty simple tip. I actually got this idea from the cashier at ShopRite one day. I went there and I was buying brownie mix because I was having people over at my house. And she was like, oh, you know what you can do? And I was amazed and I tried it and it is amazing. So you are making brownies, whether you're making them from scratch or you're doing a box mix, add in about half a cup of black coffee 
to the mix. It'll really make that chocolate flavor pop. And it just really adds a, a nice dimension and flavor to your brownies. Yum. Yeah, it's that really good. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it really enhances the chocolate flavor. I love that. Yeah. So I'm just going to stick with the coffee itself and tell you that if you want to make it a little more healthy, you could actually add things to it that will not so much alter the taste but give you a little more nutritious value or some some benefits, uh, like superfoods. One of the things you could add would be cacao powder, would I, uh, something I mentioned in a previous episode. You can add that. It'll be a natural mood enhancer. Mm-hmm. You could also add ashwagandha uh, if you want to soothe away your stress. That might change the taste just a little, but if you add your you know regular um, creamer or whatever you do add, it'll help the flavor. You can also add coconut oil. Uh, It's kind of uh, one of those holy grails that you could do anything with. You can even use it as a hair mask. Yeah. Uh, But when you put it in there, it actually suppresses your appetite and boosts your immune system. Um, So that's something Mm. interesting to consider. You could do powdered collagen would be another one. Uh, Collagen peptides. You can get something like Vital Proteins or something off Amazon um, or a local store that you use, such as like uh, GNC. Um, And then also maca. Um, It's like maca root. It has like a nutty flavor. Uh, And that actually enhances fertility in men, believe it or not, um, and relieves symptoms of menopause. So Hmm. that could help as well. And there's some other powders as well, too. You could use turmeric, of course. Um, Cinnamon would help, you know, boost your uh, metabolism. So you can look up uh, anywhere on the internet about superfoods, the benefits of them and adding them to your coffee. And if you put all of that in there and then throw it in the blender with your creamer, it actually tastes pretty good. And it is very, you know, health focused. So Mm -hmm. you could actually customize it to what you feel like your body needs. Awesome. All right. Do you have a tip for coffee that works well for you? If so, send us an email or reach out to us on our socials. If we test out your suggestion, we'll credit you and discuss the outcome in the future. All right. And as you all may recall, on Tuesday, we introduced the ingredient of the week, which was oranges inspired by Violet's victory in her mat challenge against Jack. We were each supposed to make something using that ingredient. So now we'll review the outcome. Apparently, Renly's very upset about oranges. He doesn't like it. He doesn't like them. Too citrusy. Fun fun fact, though, oranges actually are good for dogs. If they'll eat them, they might be a little tart for them, but they can. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, Renly and Dexter will eat them sometimes, but sometimes they snub them. Snub the oranges. They do. (laughs) Uh, But so what did you what did you make? So I made an orange pound cake with a glaze. Uh, it's rich, it's buttery, uh, it has just a, the right amount of orange flavor in it. Uh, you're going to need a loaf pan for this recipe and a zester, something that you can zest the orange with. All you need is one and two thirds a cup of all-purpose flour sifted. You could do three quarters of a cup of sugar uh, or less. I make things with less sugar and they taste just as good in my opinion. So it's a matter of taste. One and a quarter teaspoon of baking powder, one and a quarter teaspoon of milk or milk powder. Um, I don't use milk powder, but I do do use milk. 12 tablespoons of unsalted butter, three large eggs, one large orange that you can zest um, the peel of. So uh, just whatever the zest comes out to be is how much you include. And then for the glaze, you'd use a half a cup of powdered sugar, two teaspoons of orange juice or the juice of the orange. And four thin slices of orange that you place on top, uh, which is optional. I actually didn't do that. Uh, You preheat the oven to 375, mix in all the ingredients together. And then you pour the batter into the loaf pan. 
um, and make sure that uh, you know, you bake it for about 45 minutes or until a toothpick comes out and it's uh, golden brown on the top. The glaze you pour on, obviously, once it cools and it was pretty delicious. Mm, so sounds really good. All right. What, I did not make? I did not get fancy with it. So I just put together a fruit bowl. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> blueberries, strawberries, some pineapple, cantaloupe and oranges. <laughs> nice and that was my little thing so <laughs> I didn't really uh I didn't feel like looking up a recipe to include oranges <laughs> so I was like I'm just gonna use oranges in a fruit mix <laughs> uh fun fact by the way just to give credit where credit's due I had to look it up just to make sure but uh I did pull this recipe uh from drivemehungry.com so if you do look on there, it's just called, I believe, the best orange pound cake. Yep. The best orange pound cake with glaze. So okay. If you do nice. want to look that up, we'll, we'll make sure we post the link for you in our bio. All right. If you have a yummy recipe using oranges, send us an email or reach out to us on our socials. Again, if we test out your suggestion, we'll credit you and discuss the outcome in the future. Thanks, guys. Instead of the manly minute this week we have invited my husband, Doug, on as a special first guest for some additional thoughts on Fourth Wing, which he just finished reading, thanks to me. <laughs> so instead of a chug of Doug, we have a steaming mug of Doug. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. So to get us started, let's do a fa uh, rapid fire round with our guest, since he always thinks that he can beat us. Our topic is comedy movies. We're going to put two minutes on the timer. Go. So Wedding Heart Crashers. Topic Donda. Bridesmaids. Um, I love you, man. <laughs> Whatever Roll I want. She's Billy Madison. Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. <laughs> 50 uh, First Dates. The, the Hangover. The Hangover 2. The Hangover 2. Two. <laughs> the Hangover 3. <laughs> Big Daddy. Big Daddy, yes. Click. Uh, this is the end. Um, I love that one. Oh, super bad. Oh, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, a good one. Knocked up. Um, wow. Let's go to prison. Yeah. Idiocracy. Idiocracy was right. The heat. See that? Bridesmaids. Oh. Bridesmaids. Uh, oh my god. I said bridesmaids. <gasps> Just, Just friends. Oh, did you? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, actually, Miss Congeniality. Oh. What a boy. What a boy is. The hot chick. It's me. Deuce Bigelow. Jessica. White chicks. White chicks. That's what you're trying to think of. Uh, Joe Dirt. <laughs> How am I doing better than you guys right now? That's what I want to know. This is not my category. I know we quote them all the time. Oh, think about movies we quote all the time. The Princess Bride. The Princess Diaries. That's not really. <laughs> What's the one where his he keeps, losing, he keeps losing his? Limbs? Oh my God, Anchorman. Anchorman Two. Oh. Austin no, Powers. It wasn't funny. Austin Powers 2. Oh, Austin Zoolander. Powers 3. Austin Powers 3. Zoolander 2. Zoolander. It doesn't count when you do 2. <laughs> Nine <laughs> seconds. Hurry up. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm uh, so sorry for all the ones. National Lampoon's Vacation. Christmas and Vacation. Christmas Vacation. Time's up. See, Doug? Not so easy, is it? I'm no, I get stuck on one movie. Yeah, Doug. And I, I can't think of it, yeah. and then that's all I can think about. Like, one of us will say something like Robin Williams, and then that's all I can think of is Robin Williams movies. And, like, it was something so forth. You know what I mean? Like, you start getting, like, tied up under the pressure. All right. Oh. So Same let's same. get into our discussion. Doug, you just read Fourth Wing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I dabbled in it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, what did you think about the characters? Who was your favorite and who was your least favorite? Well, my favorite was Zayden, but towards the end, I like Violet. And then Dane was horrible. Real school York <laughs> bitch. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> he was hard to deal with. Every time I read it with him involved in the scene, I was like, I really don't like this guy. Yeah, he was so frustrating. Yeah. I was like, grow a pale bud. <laughs> he never does. <laughs> All right. So what did, well, what did you like about Zayden and Violet? I like that we got to watch Violet grow. You know, she came in as a scrawny little girl. And then at the end, she's a woman, a strong woman. Yeah. Wields lightning. All right. Zayden, Zayden, you, uh, he, he was mysterious the whole time. You didn't know enough about him, but it, you made you like the character more. Yeah. Mysterious. Yeah. The mystery. So Violet, she's considered to be the most clever and intelligent woman in the writer's quadrant and was expected to be the star pupil in the scribe's quadrant. So in what ways do we see this throughout the first half of the novel? And how does her intelligence help her find success or just in general throughout the novel? Well, her intelligence helped her where she was physically not fit. When she jumped off the, uh, when the gauntlet at the end, she had to jump and climb, but she used Mm -hmm. the knives instead. Yeah. I know. Do you know? We already answered these questions. Yeah, man. <laughs> this is for you, dude. <laughs> right. How does her intelligence help her find success in, in like the towards the end of the book? Well, I didn't really help her at the end. No. When Liam told her what to do, she like she drew a blank until the end when he told her you had to aim for the venom, then not the the uh, the wyvern. Wyvern. Wyvern, whatever you call them, whatever they're not. Yeah, well, she does realize in the end though that she has to bring them all down. Yeah, by bringing down the venom. Liam gave her that information two chapters ago. No, he didn't. Did he? Yeah, before he died. Oh. He told her what to do. Really? And she was like, I don't know what you mean. Did we miss that? Yeah, he said, he said, aim for the venom. All right. Well, you're right, actually. I do remember him saying that. But I don't remember if she had come to that conclusion on her own and then he also told her or if she only knew that because he told her. It was only because he told her. Okay. I know what's going on. All right. Well, Dane, Violet's best friend since childhood, insists on trying to protect Violet and attempts to convince her to leave the Riders Quadrant and join the Scribes. He even attempts to make arrangements for such behind her back. So why do you think he feels the need to protect Violet? And are his efforts beneficial or harmful to Violet? Well, it was it was harmful, but he was really trying to help. He didn't think she had what it took. I in the beginning I understood that he was looking out for his best friend but in the end you you see that she, it's stunts her growth yeah. yeah so you think that he was protecting her because you know he he genuinely did want to see her be safe and didn't in the beginning yes really feel that she belonged there or could survive there yeah she he looked at her as a little girl that's gonna die yeah and then okay. in the end uh when he says i'll miss you violet how'd that make you feel a little schemer that guy he didn't really care about her then no he didn't because then he would stop there he did not he tried but he's afraid of zayden why do you why do you think that he didn't try to stop her he did try to stop her he got into an argument with zayden about it you're right but zayden was the commanding officer but when you say he didn't really care about her at that point and was like why do you think that he at that point did feel like it was okay to just say i'll miss you and then move on rather than trying harder I, well, he wasn't going to give up his positioning because he only cares about advancing in the in the, the quadrant. He doesn't really care about anybody else. He's selfish. Mm. 
you know, okay. and then Zayden is his executive officer. So he, he has to listen to what he says. And if he goes against it, it's going to affect him grow, uh, moving up in the politically. Yeah. Yeah, politically. yeah. That's a really good point. It is. Uh, all right. Bitch. He is still <laughs> yes. a bitch. All right. So despite uh, <laughs> her perceived weakness and small stature, violent bonds with not one, but two dragons, the smallest and the largest ones in the group. Why do you think Taryn decided to bond with Violet? And what do you think this says about Violet's character? Well, in the beginning, I thought Taryn did it because he's seen Violet protecting the other dragon who was vulnerable. But then as you read on, you find out that Taryn really knew that Brennan was still alive. We still allowed to talk about mm-hmm. this? Yep. Yeah. Brennan being alive? Yeah. Okay. So I think I think it was all planned out because usually they... they uh, when uh two dragons are uh where they they bonded yes when they when they're bonded they go within year but one chose zayden and then the bonded one chose her so okay so you think it was kind of pre-planned before it, even yeah, it was got definitely to pre-planned. okay do you think that's why zayden and sigal showed up to the threshing i know just yeah. just believes that mm-hmm. whenever violet was in trouble zayden showed up yeah. he was always there he wasn't gonna let her die mm-hmm I have my reasoning for that, but we'll wait until the end of ending questions. We'll talk okay. about that for now. But I, I agree with you. I think that uh, it was pre-planned as well because she just he just happened to be there all of a sudden that no one had seen him in five years and then he shows up and he chooses Violet. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. When the unbonded first years enter Violet's room, intent on killing her and taking her dragon, Zayden arrives to protect her with the help of Andarna. Violet is able to escape death without Zayden's assistance. So why do you think Zayden arrived to protect her? And what do you think of this scene? Why do I think he arrived? He was he was there to protect her. So he was there just to protect her. But uh, they didn't know that... But why was he there to protect her? Because they didn't know that they could stop time yet. Well, how do you think he knew about it? Because the dragons speak. <laughs> so you think he was he showed up there because... Because Scale he was told. Because Tarn told Scale, and then Scale told him, you know? Okay. It's a game of telephone. <laughs> Via dragon. Via, yeah. Dragon phone. So ring, what did ring, you ring. Dragon w- phone. what did you think of that scene overall? I mean, it, it was cool. I liked it. You know, I it I thought Zayda was gonna kill them and then when she stopped time, I'm like, Oh, this is cool. Yeah. You know, this I was hoping that she would keep that, but she's getting power to lose that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. So later on, while they're performing in the war games, Violet is searching her mother's office and she discovers a dagger with tyranny symbols on her mother's desk, as well as several scrolls from military outposts requesting reinforcements and detailing the dire situation at the borders. We later find out that these daggers can be used to kill the venom. Why do you think General Sorengale has this dagger? And why do you think the cadets are never made aware of the reality of the situation at Navarre's borders? All right. Well, she has the dagger because she knows there's venom. And <laughs> she's just hiding it from everybody else. Mm-hmm. And, and they don't tell the cadets because they don't want these people running away. They need them. They need the recruits. They're not going to tell them like, hey, you're probably going to die. Yeah. Hey, don't worry, bud. You're dead. But uh, we need you. I need you to protect me. Why do you think she hasn't told Violet about the venom? Or about the threats beyond the border? Uh, probably because she's a horrible mother. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't care about her kids. Do you yeah. think she told Mira? No, she didn't tell any of your kids. She's a, <laughs> she's a real bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. No. Where's the lie? <laughs> 
So later in the book, Violet finds a letter from her dad hidden in the book, which suggests that history is written down and passed along from generation to generation, but that it only takes, quote, one desperate generation to erase everything. So what do you think that that means? Well, it means that victories get the right history. The victors get the right history. So basically, whoever wins the war gets to say the history that they want it, people remember. And how do you think it applies to this? So how do you think I applies? Like they made uh, Zayden's father sound like he was crazy. He was a crazy man. You know, they didn't tell you why he was crazy, but they were just like, nah, he's a nut job starting trying to start a revolt when this guy's trying to help other people. So you think that they are painting the rebels then as crazy people. That 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 they're the threat, that they were a threat, whereas they were actually on the right side trying to protect their people and the other people of the the nation. Yeah, they were trying to protect regular citizens. And uh, obviously, the king doesn't care about anybody else but, him, but his little whole little thing. Oh, yeah, that's right. There was a king. Remember, yeah. we were saying we thought maybe the, 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 the government was in charge in this world. But there is a king. Yeah. I forgot he's at the party, too. Yeah. That's right. What do you think of him? Sounds like a dick. <laughs> he does. You don't, like, you don't like any of the <laughs> higher powers, right? I told you from the beginning of the book, I was like, these people have issues. <laughs> yep. I was like, they're going to be a problem later. Why did you think that? I'm just by the mother. I'm like, this is who's mm. the leading your command, and she's just a horrible person. Okay. I was like, obviously, the revolt was for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. And I and we definitely see the breadcrumbs for the next book or the for the rest of the series, really, about her and about all of them, that they're going to be a problem going forward. I kind of I kind of think that maybe Violet might fight her mother at some point. Which yeah. Would be interesting. Well, I think they're going to be on two opposite sides of this upcoming war. I imagine we're heading towards war and I think that they'll be on separate sides for sure. Definitely. So, while they're at Montserrat, Zayden shows up and we discover two things that Taryn and Sigal can only be separated for approximately 3 days that Zayden and Violet can communicate telepathically the same way they communicate with their dragons. And then we also get a scene with Mira where she's discussing how she basically kind of sympathizes with the Venon, not in so many words, but where she says she can understand why somebody would want to take power like that. So regarding the mind speaking, do you think it is beneficial or harmful to Violet and Zayden in regards to the dragons being separated for three days at a time do you think that that is going to be an issue moving forward and regarding mira what are your thoughts on what she had to say about the the venom all right so the telepathic yeah, that's uh beneficial because if now uh violet ever gets captured she could always tell zayden where she is they people don't know that they could do this so it's going to be huge for them you know it's an advantage definitely um, the the dragons not being able to separate for three days could be an issue because now what happens when they do get separated and she gets captured? She, he, he doesn't get a long time to make a plan to attack. He's going to have to do it. First thing he thinks of, he's going to have to go for it. Otherwise, he's he, probably dead. And then Mira, I didn't think Mira um, was talking about the Venom. I thought she was talking about the revolt. When she said that okay. sometimes you think you're fighting for the wrong side because okay. she sees she sees like the people the civilians out there just like getting slaughtered and it's like maybe the revolt was the right thing. Okay, so you think then she might side with Violet and Brennan in the end? I think so, but if the Venom, if you have all that power, I mean, power corrupts all. I'm 
Well, money corrupts all. And this power. power. Power corrupts all. <laughs> I want a lot of power. You're not going to be in that one. Not in this house. Um, so, <laughs> well, that's a good point, though, because now you're thinking that um, once Mira finds out about Brennan, which we're going to bring up soon, um, that she's definitely going to side with her revolution. So that might, you know, give a different outlook to what we were saying about how Mira might turn bad. She actually mm-hmm. might be turned around by the whole knowledge of, of Brennan, right? Yeah. Yeah. But do you think that she knows about the Venom, Mira? I don't know. I'm not sure. She could. Because she had the book. She did have the book and she did give it back to her. Okay. Why do you think she, if she did know, let's just say speculation, but if she did know, why do you think she wouldn't tell her sister? Or is that her way of telling her sister with the book? I don't think she knew. Okay. We, we didn't think so either. Yeah. Um, that was actually a really good point you brought up also about one of them being captured. I noticed you chose that Violet would be the one getting captured, though. Why not Zayden? Mm-hmm. But that they would, ha- would have to come up Violet's with a plan. Violet's too nice. Zayden just kills everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but, they might, but they might see him as a bigger threat and want to take him captive more than... Well, they know if they capture Violet that they could get him to have that way. Yeah, he'll come come save her. That, that's true. I think or we're gonna have to. Yeah, I think we're gonna see Violet saving Zayden from something. If if not in the next book, at least at some point in the series, I think that the author is really building Violet up to be this like badass bitch, and I think that she likes to play with that idea of strength, which we've talked about you and I, Jess. And I think that we're gonna see her kind of coming to his his aid at some point because up, up until this point we've seen him protecting her pretty consistently and we haven't really seen it the other way around but they right. do have that bond like you mentioned so it does go both ways so yeah and that could be interesting if he did if he does get captured because he's got the shadows so yeah. good luck putting him in a cell i feel like he can get himself out <laughs> and he can also what if he lets himself get captured so that he can steal their secrets with his shadows while he's you know captured knowing that Taryn and violet are gonna come and and save him fuck shit up yeah uh, yeah <laughs> oh that's that's interesting that would be interesting to see in a future book you, you yeah. listening becky yaya giving you some uh, some good tips here for future books <laughs> so upon their return to uh the war college the second war games task takes place during this task violet manifests her signet which she can now yield lightning woohoo uh, she uses her newly discovered power to kill Jack in order to protect Liam. And afterwards, Violet's upset about her power, as well as the fact she had to kill Jack. Uh, what do you think about her ability to wield lightning and her killing Jack and her reaction to it? All right. So I was disappointed with the wheeling lightning. I, I thought it was going to okay. be something insane with the, her power. Because of the time but they the say wielding lightning hasn't been done in a dec- uh, no, Century, centuries. Yeah. So... You know, it, it's it's a power that's, I guess, eh, it's all right. So you were disappointed. I was disappointed. With, I thought she was going to get something awesome. What did, what did you want her to have? I don't know. I thought it was going to be insane. Like what? Like, oh, the- God, she's going to have an awesome power. She's going to be so awesome. And then I was like wielding lightning. I was like, ah. You say something. You were like, she's gonna have something crazy. It's gonna have to do with time or something. Oh, I thought you. I thought you could be like turn back time. Oh, I thought something crazy. I was like, oh, this could be awesome. That would be awesome. Oh, lightning bolts instead. Yeah, maybe that's something we'll see. A peek into the past, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe that's something that we will see in the next book because we don't know how Andarna's powers are going to change as she gets older. And maybe because she already had the ability to stop time, maybe eventually it'll turn into being able to like turn back time. Mm. That would be pretty cool. 
Yeah, definitely. So what about yeah, what was... the um, reaction to killing Jack? Uh, God, the kid was a dick. Wasn't he the worst? <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I was. I thought that he was going to grow and that he was going to come under her and like work for her. And then he just kept being a little bitch. He running away from her. Yeah, he did say that crying. he was reading it. He was like, oh, Jack's going to end up coming around and, and working with Violet. And I was like, oh. I mean, he's that running around. He's, he, he run away from her. Yeah. He stabbed in the arm. He ran away. I know. Because right. he's a little I was like, bitch. oh, he's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> See, like, I feel like that would have happened if we learned more about Jack. So if we knew that Jack had some kind of past and there was some kind of way that he would have that arc. But since we didn't get that, seeing him die was just justifiable and unsatisfactory in my opinion yeah he deserved it <laughs> satisfied yeah what did you make of violet's reaction to her uh okay. her power and to her killing jack because she was kind of upset well, about her power I, I, killing jack i understood because I, she even her brother said she's not a killer mm-hmm. you know i you've seen it the whole time she's let guys walk away she's always this is why she's gonna get captured because <laughs> she does stuff like that okay yeah. Okay. <laughs> when her emotion gets out of control, then she kills people. But if she's kept emotionally in check, she'll be like, oh, you could go. You seem like you'll be nice later. And bam, catch it. I don't think she's going to say uh, you'll be nice later to the venom. You know, the venom's <laughs> yeah. trying to capture her. You look like you'll come around. I also oh. don't think she's going to play into the damsel in distress. Yeah. She uh, doesn't seem she's like, like the type. Dane's my best friend. He wouldn't do this to me. He's a damsel in distress type teen. Yeah, he uh, is. Like, oh, Violet, I'm, I'm captured. You're oh, absolutely you right. <laughs> no, he's more of the damsel in distress. If the you ask me. <laughs> yes, I agree with you. <laughs> we hate you, Dane. All right. So while they are en route beyond the wards, Violet learns that Zayden and the other marked ones have been providing assistance to the Griffin Riders by supplying them with weapons to fight against the Venon and Wyvern army. Violet feels betrayed and blindsided, not only by Zayden, but also by Imogen. Imogen. I can never say that right ever. Liam, Garrick, Tarn, and Andarna. Do you think that she is justified in feeling betrayed? Yeah, she's justified in being betrayed. That it's uh, she thought that she could trust all these people, and then you see that they're doing all this behind her back. So yeah. I don't have a problem with her getting upset with them. How Even her you, dragons be better how, than her dragons. I yeah. How do you feel? Because Jess and I had a little bit of conflict about this cousin conflict, but just just believes that they were justified in keeping this information from her because of how close she was with Dane. No, and also because she's naive and she might not have been ready for the information yet. No, okay. The only reason they kept it away from her is because of Dane. And she didn't realize that Dane was a piece of shit and that he would touch her face and look at what her past, like not her past, but her memories or whatever. So, and she was always like, Dane's my best friend. Dane's a dick. Right, that's what I mean about her being naive. Exactly. She needed this moment to be, you know, to happen so this way she can grow out of that shit. So she can overcome that with Dame and know that he's a, a piece of shit. No. It, so it was smart by Zane. Uh, Zane. <laughs> Zane. <laughs> Billy Zane. <laughs> Billy Zane's cool dude. This no, Zayden and uh, Tarn. They knew better. But do you think if they She's had... still naive. If they had told her and told her that Dane can't find out, that she would have made it a point to not tell him and make sure that he didn't get that information? Yes, but she wouldn't think that Dane would go behind her back and touch her face and look at her memories. That's I agree. And that's why Zayden wouldn't tell her. 
because he okay. knew who Dane was. She still trusts him. She would be too trusting of him. And now she will not be going forward. Okay. I just hope Dane doesn't die a horrible way where it's like, oh, we're not filling him. What? Like, you know? <laughs> no. Well, like, uh, like Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to see. Like... First of all, that <laughs> was George R. R. Martin actually writing that. That was the horrible writing yeah. of the HBO writers. So, I mean, if we really want to get into a Game of Thrones conversation, no, 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 no. we're not getting the game for day, but um, but yeah. All I'll say <laughs> is that George R. R. Martin is never going to publish the last, the last book. I'm he's still waiting on the book. He's he's never going to finish this year. So the ending we got in HBO is the ending that we have to live with, in my opinion. But you're right. With it. We should zip lock that. Six. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, but that's another day. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, we have opinions about this. Uh- <laughs> Very strong ones. Yeah. So. <laughs> During the battle. Violet is struck by a venom's blade, which is poisoned. Due to her extensive knowledge of poisons, Violet's able to relay the poisons used before losing consciousness. Satan then brings her to a location that is later to be revealed as the capital of Tyrandor that they're rebu- rebuilding Satan's home before it was decimated in the war. We also learn that she was brought to this location to be mended by Brennan, her brother. Brennan's alive. Woohoo! And then the book just ends. <laughs> so what did you think of the ending? Uh, what did you think about the fact that he's alive? And um, this is going to be interesting because he, he had a different reaction than us. He knew it was coming. So tell them. Okay. You just asked me like nine questions. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we find out that he's alive and then the book ends. So what are your feelings on that first? Well, I figured he was alive. I told you this. I told you this with like 20 pages left. I'm like, Brennan's alive. Yeah. How did you figure it out? Well, they never tell you how he dies. And then he's a mender. So why would he be on the front lines? What is he going to do out there? Well, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna help some people that are hurt. Let me just help this guy. Well, oh, yeah, great. Somebody's he, wielding lightning around. This guy's trying to fix people up. He's a paramedic. He's still a rider, though. He wasn't, like, in the healer's quadrant. He was still a dragon rider. I mean, but the mender, it's you, you got to use that to your advantage. You don't put them on the front line. You keep them back. Yeah, you bring him back to him. You don't send him out there. Well, we actually don't like, know oh, if yeah, he was on the other. front line, though. We don't know like well, where they if, never if, told if, you if his outpost and was attacked. Yeah, we didn't get any information about it. We that's just why I was like, this kid's still alive. I'm sure mm-hmm. now it's going to open up the doors to get more information in the second book about him and about how that all went down. Uh, we hope so anyway yeah um but how did you figure out um how he was alive so remember you said it to me i think right before the the zayden chapter even he was like i think brennan's alive i was like well how did he see that because i didn't see that coming well when violet gets poisoned they're talking about like bringing her uh to a place and they were like we can't bring him we bring can't bring her and they were like we have to bring him her to him and i was like oh that's brennan He's yeah. a mender. That's it. I got it. You said something else too. Oh, because he he never you never find. No, out. you never find out how he died. Right, and you said something about the journals too that you think maybe he wrote the journals after she got into the. Place. Oh, after yeah, yeah. So that, that would make Mira then in on it. I thought Mira was on it, and then I thought more, and I was like, ah, nah. I was like, she would she wouldn't hold that back from her sister. Well. well- Brennan didn't give the journal. He gave that journal to Mira, to Mira. when, when yeah. she was in the college, and then Mira yeah. just passed it along to her and added her own notes to it. Yeah, but so well. also, uh, I liked how the uh, the venom she was fighting was kind of like her nose poisons. She's a student. I yeah. was like, oh, I was like, this is pretty wild. I was like, what happens now? The mother 
when she was doing something one night, she was walking around with red eyes and veins, yes. like a venom. Mm-hmm. So what happens if she can conjure a venom? Ooh. What and do that you mean they, they were going to try to kill Zayden with the venom. So the venom can conjure wyvern. So you think that the mother can conjure venom? I don't, she was walking around with red eyes and veins, scared violent when she was a girl. Well, that could be her dabbling in it. In, yeah. In that or maybe. different magic. Maybe you might be right. Uh, on something. Maybe she, maybe she's training training venom because they're they're regular people that just instead of channeling power through the dragons they channel it through the earth. So I don't think that they would be creating the venom, but maybe right. encouraging them to do that oh, or teaching them maybe. how or you know taking maybe they made some type of deal with them where they approached them and said, Hey, we'll work with you. We'll give you the information that you need or the training that you need or something like that. Maybe, but they're trying to get through. They want to get in the venom. That's why they're looking for that, whatever they're looking for. They can't get past that barrier. They're like, I want to get in there. I'm, I'm trying want to be the, part of this. I think they want the dragons. Yeah. Right. They might be, the, they might want the dragons. Well, you had said yeah. something that was interesting that you think that the venom, a female venom that she, that Violet was fighting, with, oh, mirrored her. Yeah, she mirrored her. So you yeah. think maybe that the college was making them or yeah, something to, was, to fight them, their counterparts or whatever. Yeah, because the, the, she said she, the venom knew everything she was going to do before she did it. Hmm. And then she poisoned her. I was like, oh, this is just like her. It's a mirror of her. Yeah, that's a really interesting theory. I didn't think yeah. of that myself. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Because um, it, it, if you think about it, if you go back and actually read that that part, they are very similar. Yeah. And she was, she was doing everything knowing, like, as if Violet, she knew what she was going to do her next step. So that's interesting to consider. That maybe they sent them there and they knew, but they didn't know Violet was going to be there though. That's the thing. Unless they're just conjuring some kind of Violet-like venom. Yeah. One uses their smarts. Maybe. Or maybe like they are making certain type, like they're engineering people and then turning them into venom. So like engineering a new Violet and then turning her into a venom type Ooh. of situation. Or it could even be like- a, a little more a, sci-fi. Somebody who was training to be a scribe, but then went bad. So like Violet, mm. a, a, someone who's like Violet, but instead of going into the writer's quadrant, decided instead to become Venom or at least, you know, to, to dabble in that and then turned into that. So that's interesting because going forward, then if they fight again, that might be an interesting thing to say. Very interesting. But I'm yeah. pretty sure she killed her. Did she kill her? Yes. She stabbed her in this spot. Yeah. Zayden showed. Oh, right. But she had been poisoned. Yeah. Oh, well, unless yeah. they reconjure her. And then her, uh, her waving fell out of the air. Her, Waiting. Her wyvern. Widen. Her wyvern. Waiter. What? <laughs> we had Zane. Now we have Raven. Billy Zane's a cool dude. You should listen to him. We also don't really know a lot about the Venom. Maybe they can read minds, you know, or maybe just that one could. We don't really know well, if they can wield maybe. certain powers, like how the writers we, do. She read up on them in that book with her dad, but we didn't. So that's interesting to note. Maybe General yeah. Melgrim seen the outcome of the battle and he knew I that she was going to be there. What Violet was gonna do, and she maybe that's interesting. I'm on something. Yeah, that's actually that's actually a really good point. Yeah, and that kind of goes back to the training of the venom and saying like, hey, we know how this battle is going to come out. This is how you can try to change it by you know she's gonna try this, you try that. Like just preparing her, kind of like studying for a battle. Is that what you meant? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it is. 
And that you know what's funny too, because Alex um had told me she was like, when he gets to the last part, Doug, uh, make sure that you record him. So I'm sitting there recording him <laughs> after the part when he's like, oh, it's definitely Brennan. Brennan's definitely alive, and I'm like, oh. yeah, like how? But it does make sense now that you go back and think. Yeah. About when you reread it yeah when you reread it becky yaros definitely does foreshadow a lot of this i feel like you just are distracted by other things in the book when you're first reading and doug wasn't but i was i was definitely distracted by other stuff i was still like upset about liam and all the stuff so and not to take credit for his uh you know realizations or anything but i did tell him (laughs) to pay attention i was like make sure you pay attention just pay attention (laughs) while you're reading so i mean (laughs) liam was a cool dude Yes, he was. Yeah. Did that upset you when Liam died? Nah, I figured somebody had to die. That scene with the dragon getting ripped apart, though. That's a pretty cool scene. Yeah. But I, I knew somebody was going to die. It made sense, Liam. You know, he's been with her the whole time. It's got to be something gives an emotional charge. Right. And then she was able to control the lightning after after he was killed. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, too, that she always has her, her power for the lightning. It's always from Liam. So it's interesting what we're going to see going forward when he's not there. What's going to cause that for her, her motivation? Well, Thinking back to Liam dying? Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. The death of Liam also plays with that idea of strength again as well, because he was considered to be the strongest in their in their class. He was always on, on the top of everything. He was the strongest. And yet he was he was killed in battle. So I think well, that, he, that was... He gave his life for Violet. Yeah, yeah. he did. Yeah. He was honorable. Yeah. I know. I know. All right. So if you were going to Best Guy at the War College, which which quadrant would you join? And why? I mean, I'm a rider. Look how swole I am, Alex. (laughs) Right? Okay. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Chiseled Uh, over here. Okay. (laughs) Like I was sculpted (laughs) by the great Michelangelo. (laughs) Yeah, but you're a pretty boy. I don't think... Are you going to fight on the mats? Are you going to fight Jack? Oh, I'll fight on the mats. <laughs> the gauntlet would be a problem. I'm like, were you going to make me jump this? He's not as tall. <laughs> Somebody give me a ladder. <laughs> I need a, a jump spring. What are those things? A what trampoline? You know, <laughs> even one of those like things that you stand on and, and jump. Oh, uh, a pogo stick. Yeah, a pogo stick. <laughs> That wouldn't work. <laughs> you just see him pogo right off the side of the cliff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right the side of the mountain. Down. <laughs> so, oh, why would you hilarious. want to be a well, I'm not going to be a scribe. I'm not going to be a healer. I'm not going to be infantry. You get a semi a front line. Oh, yeah. You guys behind you have dragons. You guys run out there and get mauled. Is it because you'd want a dragon, though? Yeah, a dragon's cool. And do you think you'd make it to threshing? Because we did. Oh, yeah. I would definitely make it threshing. Oh, okay. (laughs) I'd be out there super kicking people like Shawn Michaels. Who? Shawn Michaels, wrestler from like the 90s. He kicks? Super kick. (laughs) Right to the face. Oh, my God. Soccer player. When you said that. No. You know, kick like a soccer player, like Messi. Get messy like Messi. (laughs) All right. Whatever. So what are your predictions for the next book, Doug? And will you be reading the sequel? Predictions for the next book. Uh, Mira finds out about Brennan. Maybe she doesn't join them. And she becomes a Venom instead because she's all about power. And then you have three different members. Well, four members, technically. But fighting three different battles from three different teams. It'd be pretty wild. Why do you think she's all about power? It just seems like she is. Okay. I think the mother seems like that. 
Uh, mother deserves a slap. Nice backhand. Oh my <laughs> <God>. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking that. A nice slap. Sometimes <laughs> you just gotta slap a few bitches. So, um, <laughs> nice slap right in the face. All right. That's something Sean uh, Connery, rest in peace. But that's something that he said once. He was like, sometimes a woman deserves a good slap. And we don't agree with that here on this uh, podcast, but that's what he said. So yeah, he was extremely sexist. Extremely. <laughs> a little so, bit. So will you be reading the sequel when it comes out? Uh, yeah, I'm going to read it. Yeah, I'm going to read it before Jess, because oh, right. the fourth wing was my idea. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> okay. <laughs> not read that book before me. I have pre-ordered that book and it will be in my hands being read as soon as I open that box. So. Alex, <laughs> listen to me. This is my podcast now. <laughs> okay. Right. Look at me. Look at me. Look I'm the captain look now. At look at me. <laughs> Doug would become a venom based on this conversation. Yeah, probably. He'd be like, I'm yeah, just going to join those guys. They seem like they're going to win. <laughs> I don't need a dragon. Let me get some dirt. Get some power through this dirt. Uh, you know the, the red eyes, veiny faces. I'm not about that life. That's really, true. Mister? I'm in the gym all the time with the veins. I don't know. Who I'm knows? Swollen. Who knows what you do for for swollenness? Yeah. All right. So, what is your overall rating of this book, and would you recommend it? Out of five Ten. stars. No, five, Ten. five stars. <laughs> <laughs> would you scoop or skip? I would scoop it up. And would you recommend it to others? Yeah. And how many uh, golden scoops out of five would you give it? I'd give it five golden scoops. I'd give it one vanilla. (laughs) (laughs) I was getting two different ones, but I started laughing. (laughs) (laughs) One rum raisin? Oh. That's such a random one. (laughs) What are the other (laughs) Pistachio? You got two more to go. Yeah. I ran out. works at Call Bell over here. What are the other two? I was trying to remember the ones from. You uh, uh, should have did ice cream flavors for the rapid fire, and Doug would have failed miserably. Yeah. Oh, I, I love how he comes up with rum raisin and pistachio, but completely forgets chocolate and rat, uh, strawberry. strawberry. <laughs> Those are real flavors. <laughs> All right, so there you have it. Uh, maybe two vanilla, maybe two rum raisins from Doug <laughs> to add up the extra. Um, oh wow! But well, I'll that- have the uh, rum raisin. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have the uh, rum raisin. I can't say it for some reason. <laughs> I just keep laughing. What I'm saying? I like the rum raisin. <laughs> rum raisin? Oh my god! What's happening. <laughs> um. Wow. I feel like we had some room raisin. We're high on sugar over here. Uh, what are you planning to read next, Douglas? And uh, do you want some recommendations from us? I was gonna read wool, like oh, sheep wool. Yeah, yeah. Ladderlin. Hugh Howley. Is it Howley? Howley? Howley. No, I don't know. <laughs> we did watch uh the show uh, Silo. Silo, yes, on Apple TV, and we were big fans of it. Uh, anyone who hasn't seen it, go do it. It's excellent. Uh, so I did buy the book immediately because I was like, I'm gonna read this, and I never read it yet. So it could be something that you could read. That would be good. Are you looking for like another dragon or a fantasy type of thing? No, that's more sci-fi. Not looking for any more dragons. Well, too bad because we have some <laughs> choices for you. Uh, <laughs> I love how we're like, do you want it? You want some recommendations, and we don't care about his response. We're just like, we're giving them to you. <laughs> uh, so I did look up this on this website. It's called Perpetual Page Turner. And for all of you out there as well, it is something that when you can't wait uh, or actually while you're waiting for the sequel to come out, there's five books that were recommended uh, for, for the wait if you wanted to read them. So one of them is called Fireborn. 
It's the Aurelian Cycle Series by Rosaria Munda. Uh, and that one looks pretty good. I would look into that. There's also A Promise of Fire, which is the Kingmaker Chronicles, Amanda Boucher. I think this is one of the ones that me and you said that we wanted to read as well, Alex. Yeah, that's on my list. Bobby Boucher? Bobby Boucher, yes. It looks pretty good. And <laughs> The Last Namsara uh, by Kristen Ciccarelli. Maybe not one that you would want to read. Probably more of a romanticy. Uh, the Bridge Kingdom series by Danielle L. Jensen, which I think Alex said that uh, is also on our list. Yeah, it's on my list too. And then Serpent and the Wings of Night by Carissa Broadbent. But Alex said that she read that and you don't, you didn't, you weren't a fan of that one, you said. I wasn't a huge fan. I don't think Doug would really like it. It just, yeah. I mean, maybe you would. It, I just, it wasn't for me. Yeah. And I'm surprised too that it says Serpent and the Wings of Night sounds like dragony, but you said that it has vampires. Yeah, it's about vampires. Yeah, not interesting. Yeah, no. What other yeah. ones would we say, Alex? So I would also suggest the Angelfall trilogy. It's called uh, Penryn and the End of Days. It's kind of more post-apocalyptic, but it has a lot of angel and demon lore. It's very dark and graphic at certain points. It is a YA though, which is surprising, mm. but it's very good. And I think if you have a book hangover, this series can help cure that just in a different way. There's also the uh, Partials Trilogy or Partial Sequence by Dan Wells. Um, I forgot to mention Angel Fall is by Susan E. And then the Partials, which is by Dan Wells, that's more of a sci-fi with, you know, like cyborgs and things like that. And oh. it's really, I thought it was really good. I thought the third book in particular was great. Uh, really good end to the series. I think Doug would like the Crescent City series. So we are planning to read that in January. Yes. And I think you would like this. It has a lot of good world building. The plot is really fast paced and fun. And there's a lot of different fantasy elements in it. And then finally, uh, The Last Kingdom by Bernard Cron uh, eh, excuse me, Cornwell. Um, this is also <laughs> a series. A <laughs> this is also a series. I only read the first book, but it was very good. It's actually a TV show on Netflix as well. But it's more of a oh, historical yeah. um, about the Vikings. It was really it was a really good book. And it has a lot of real life history in it. And I know you kind of like history a little bit. So you might you might enjoy that. I dabble. I dabble in some hiss. <laughs> and some hiss. <laughs> dabble with some hiss. <laughs> so those are those are my recommendations. For yeah, you, I think because I'm buying the Crescent City series anyway. So I think that's something that you would like to read. I am re reading right now Actar, which I mentioned in our um, book of the month episode. Uh, I don't think that you might be interested in that. <laughs> Probably but, not. but maybe when I'm done with the first book, I'll. But I do like Crescent Rules, so I probably like Crescent City. Well, I'm pretty sure Crescent Rules aren't Crescent <laughs> City. Um, I'm pretty sure it's not a book about fantasy Crescent Rules. Uh, I would read that book though. <laughs> of course you would. <laughs> Actually, we would on this podcast because we like cooking too. So. <laughs> uh, speaking of cooking, um, maybe one last question for you, Doug. Tell us your favorite ideal meal. Favorite ideal meal. Put me on the spot here. <laughs> I like a nice juicy steak. You know, some mashed potatoes. You know, that's probably it. That was a, mashed potatoes. Some patatas. <laughs> <laughs> asparagus. You like asparagus? Oh, I do like asparagus. Yeah. yeah. Well, on that note, <laughs> thanks for joining I us. Go anyway. <laughs> We're I got glad. a fantasy draft. Oh, God. Number two pick. Right. Jamel Chase. Right, I'm go. chasing this championship. Go do your manly stuff. Thank yeah, you for joining us. And thank you for reading Fourth Wing and discussing it with us. It was nice to have our first guest on. Yes, it was. And uh, we had a good conversation. We had a good conversation. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Bye, Doug. 
we want to have fun with this podcast. So we're going to incorporate some fun games. And in the future, we hope that our listeners will get involved too. Today, we're going to play Marry, Smash, Kill. We have a list of characters, some from the books that we've read so far on the podcast, and some from other books and movies. An Excel spreadsheet will randomly select three names for us that we'll have to say who of the three we'd marry, smash, or kill. Let's get started. Yay. All right. So first up, let's see. We got Liam and we got Violet and Sabrina. Okay. (laughs) Who would you (laughs) marry, smash, and kill? (laughs) I would kill Sabrina. Okay, Sabrina, you're out. I would marry Liam, and I guess I'd smash Violet because Liam just seems like he would be like a good husband. I don't know. Yeah. Um, You know, as a reminder, we do have husbands. So sorry, guys. This is just a game. It's just a game, fucker. All right. Sorry, not sorry. They don't exist. (laughs) Um, (laughs) They're literally fictional people. Um, All right. So I guess mine would be the same. Marry Liam, smash Violet. She's got the lightning. And kill Sabrina. She's going <laughs> to kill us with the smashing. All right. Next up. Let's see. We have Wynn's dad. <laughs> Sabrina again. And oh Wynn. <laughs> Sabrina's dead. Um, Wynn's a little needy for my taste. Who was it? Wynn and Sabrina and... Wynn's dad. <laughs> Wynn's dad's also dead. So two I'm... dead people. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go with kill okay. Wynn's dad. Marry Sabrina again. Smash win. God, I guess I, I guess I'd have to smash win too. I don't want to marry him. He's too needy for me. Yeah. Win's dad seemed like he was more put together, so I'm gonna marry him, even though he's dead. I'll marry him anyway. <laughs> and then Sabrina is still getting the kill. It's messed up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Next up, we have Snape. Severus Snape. Severus Snape. Rhiannon and Mr. Bingley. Oh, Mr. Bingley's a gentleman. Yeah. Uh, I will marry Mr. Bingley. Fuck it. I'm I'm smashing Snape. <laughs> and I'm going to have to kill Rhiannon. Sorry, girl. I do like her. But... All right. I'm also marrying Mr. Bingley. I'm uh, going to smash Rhiannon and kill Snape. I don't know. He seems kind of uptight. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, interesting. maybe he's a freak in the sheets. He's going to fucking poison you. He won't be able to kill him. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have Dum- Dumbledore. Dumbledore, uh, the room of requirement, and Marshall. All right, I'm marrying the room of requirement. <laughs> Good choice. I'm killing, I'm killing Marshall, and I am smashing Dumbledore. Dumbledore. <laughs> All right, I'm smashing the room of requirement because what's that like? <laughs> Dumbledore, and who was the third? Um, Marshall. Marshall's a decent husband too, though. All right, the I'm room smashing... requirement, you know, knows everything. I'm smashing you... Dumbledore. I feel like that would be magical. And then I'm going to have to kill Marshall just because yeah. I hate that book. All right. I don't hate it. Next up, we have Voldemort. <laughs> and then we have Liam again and Harry. All right. I so... got to kill Voldemort. Fuck him. Okay. I'm marrying Harry, uh, Liam again, and I guess smashing Harry. All right. I'm going to marry Liam. I'm going to smash Dumbledore. I'm going to kill Harry. Dumbledore's not in this one. It's I mean, Liam I'm sorry, Voldemort. Voldemort, Voldemort sorry. <laughs> you had your chance. <laughs> it's I'm going to smash Voldemort. <laughs> oh, that, that just seems wrong. I'm going to kill you after. 
<laughs> no, maybe I'll, you know, sneak attack him. All right. Next up, we have Rhiannon again. Then we have Mr. Willoughby and Atlas. All right. I'm going to smash Atlas, kill Mr. Willoughby because he's a, he's a dick. So I guess that leaves me marrying Rhiannon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So I would also kill Mr. Willoughby. I'll marry Atlas and smash Rhiannon. Next up, we have Dane. Dane. Sabrina again. With Sabrina. And Tom Riddle. (laughs) All right. I'm killing Riddle. No, I'm killing Dane. I think I hate Dane more than Tom Riddle. Okay. Okay. Dane's going down. Uh, Tom Riddle's getting a smash and Sabrina doesn't get killed this time because the other two are horrendous. So um, I guess I'm marrying her. <laughs> I would do the same. Kill Dane, marry Sabrina, smash Tom smash Riddle. That riddle. <laughs> All right. This time we got the Hobbits, Violet and Dane. <laughs> the Hobbits as a whole. Um, All right. I am killing Dane. I am marrying the Hobbits and I'm smashing Violet. I can't believe you're marrying the hub. <laughs> I'm killing Dane. I'm marrying Violet. You know, she'll protect me with the light. And you're smashing the hub. And I'm smashing all the hobbits. <laughs> I don't know. Is it individually? Is it at once? Um, so know. many unanswered questions. <laughs> but I feel like they're so small that it'll equi- equate to one person. <laughs> Is it the whole village? <laughs> so much question. All, all the hobbits. <laughs> we have Gandalf. <laughs> Harry's dad and Kimmy. Such a random group. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to marry Gandalf. I'm going sm- to smash Harry's dad. I'm going to kill Kimmy. Sorry, Kimmy. Oh, man. Um. So I'm going to marry Kimmy because she's got that farm and she's probably going to be fun. Gandalf, I'm definitely smash. <laughs> Not going to pass up the chance. Um, and then I got to kill Harry's dad because he wasn't he wasn't my favorite. Here we go. So we have Kimmy again, Liam again, and my precious. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm going to marry my precious, obviously. <laughs> um, I'm going to smash Liam and kill Kimmy in that one. Okay, I'm killing my precious. It <laughs> It's going to corrupt. Um, I will marry Liam and I guess smash Kimmy. All right. Oh, this one. This is a hard one. Okay. We got Tom Riddle, The Room of Requirement, and and Pottery. All right. I am killing Pottery. I'm smashing Riddle, and I'm marrying The Room of Requirement. I am also marrying The Room of Requirement, but I'm going to I'm going to smash Pottery, and I'm going to kill Riddle. All right, we got Mr. Darcy, Rhiannon, and Zayden. Oh my this god! Is tough. I know this That's is a the tough hardest one. one ever. All right, sorry, Rhiannon, you're getting you're getting next. I'm sorry. Oh, absolutely. She's I am go. marrying Mr. Darcy, and I'm smashing Zayden. A hundred percent equivalent answer there. <laughs> um, definitely, Zayden's getting the smash. Mr. Yeah. Darcy is the perfect man, so yes. he is getting married. And Rhiannon, I'm sorry, but just because of the luck that you got thrown in with those two, you got to go. Yeah, sorry, Rhiannon. <laughs> There's no way you had any competition there. <laughs> All right. We got Tarn. We have Parth. And we have Kimmy. All right. I'm marrying Tarn. Smashing Parth. I'm killing Kimmy. All right. I'm going to marry Parth. 
bash Kimmy because Taryn You're gonna is kill a dragon. <laughs> um, and I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> so <laughs> he's got to go. I'm sorry. Oh, man. All right. We got Mr. Bingley, Wynn's dad, and <laughs> the sorting hat. <laughs> I am killing Wynn's dad. He's dead anyway. I'm, I'm smashing the sorting hat and I'm marrying Bingley. Yeah, I, I agree 100% with that. Oh, man. All right. We have Voldemort, the sorting hat, and the hobbits. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> all right. Voldy's got to go. I smashed the hobbits already and, and, and it was all right. So I'm going to smash them again and marry the hat. <laughs> all right. Um, marrying the hobbits, smashing Voldemort and killing the hat. You love smashing the Voldy Volds. <laughs> I feel like he's got some spice in him. I don't know. He who shall not be named is what you'd have to say. He who shall not be named in the middle of it. I don't know. Tarn, Garrick, and Dumbledore. Marrying Tarn, uh, smashing Garrick, and killing off Dumbledore. I've had enough for him. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I think it's the same for me. It's the same. So last one, we have Atlas. We have Mr. Knightley. And we have Bo. From Hocus Pocus. <laughs> Killing Atlas. I'm marrying Knightley. I'm smashing that book. <laughs> of course. Of course you're smashing book. I mean, the book is important because it has like recipes in it. So it works for books with cooks. <laughs> I might have to marry that book. So let's <laughs> get some good tips. Uh, no, I'm marrying Mr. Knightley. He's a, definitely a gentleman. Yes. Love um, him. I'm going to smash Atlas and I'm going to kill the book. Okay. Interesting. But before I kill it, I will photocopy some pages. <laughs> bring, bring it to Staples, make a copy, and kill yeah. it. That's all. <laughs> all right. All right, everyone. Before we go, we have the Sassy Spatula Award to give out. The word of the day on Tuesday was denigrate. Whoever used it correctly the most during the previous episode will receive the award. And the award goes to Jess. She used the word twice during the previous episode. Way to go, Jess. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Do you want and, to give a speech? <laughs> uh, my speech is uh, thank you to all of the uh, people that made this happen, myself and myself. And uh, <laughs> now, but I do want to uh, also let everyone know that Alex does get a bonus point because she did use the previous word of the day, which was Donnie Brock. So way to go, Alex. Way to go with that usage. Thank you. It's long lasting. The, the word of the day is working. <laughs> it, it's definitely working. We're implementing it in our everyday conversation. Yes. <laughs> hey, listeners, stick around at the end of this episode for some bloopers and bonus content. Next Tuesday, September 12th, we will be reading and reviewing Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Ga Gabrielle Zevin. Join us then for our thoughts on the contemporary fiction novel and join us again this Thursday, September 14th for another party episode. And don't forget to mark your calendar for our next book of the month episode, which will air on Wednesday, September 27th. We'll be reading and discussing Karen Slaughter's critically acclaimed thriller, Pretty Girls. If you haven't read the upcoming books, but you'd like to, 
Head on over to the link in our bio and get a copy for yourself so that you can participate in our discussions. As an Amazon associate and member of other affiliate programs, we earn from qualifying purchases. You don't pay anything extra, but if you do make a purchase using our link, we get a commission. So thank you for supporting us. By the way, we wanted to let everyone know that we, during the recording of this episode, just <laughs> reached over a thousand followers on TikTok. Woo! <laughs> so we're going to start doing lives there soon. We're planning on doing some live readings, book sprints, play some games, and we'll have some other content as well. We hope you'll join us for those. And in the future, we might even do a make a podcast with us live so you can join in with us. If you're just tuning in, this is what you can expect from our podcast. We're going to be releasing new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. So be sure to check out our socials for updates and also some bonus content. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, and other platforms. Click on the link in our bio for access to all of our socials, our website, and other links. We encourage you to reach out to us with thoughts, ideas, questions, and feedback. You can email us at bookswithcooks at gmail.com. You can also find our full book reviews on Goodreads. These links will also be available at the link in bio. If no one told you today, you're important and valued. You belong here. You're doing great. And we believe in you. Now let's turn the page and put a fork in it because we're done with this one. on this podcast <laughs> mr nightly i <clears throat> we want to have fun with this podcast so we're going to incorporate some fun games and in the future we hope that our listeners will get involved too today we're going to play mary smash kill i hope our listeners don't get involved with the mary smash kill <laughs> all right Wow, Liam came up again. I'm not. I'm, we're changing it. All right. Yeah. Enough, Liam. Get out of Come here. Come on, Liam. Get out of here. He's getting an ego. All right. Don't call your <laughs> shit. Got... Get out of here. I'm always killing Dean. Always. Okay. We have Harry, the fucking room of requirement, and Lily. Okay. Um, Harry, room of requirement, Lily. Wait for this music to end. All right, I'm marrying Room of Requirement. I'm killing Lily. I'm smashing Harry, I guess. Wow, you're really giving Lily the X, huh? Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, Even, but not as boring as Harry. <laughs> I think Harry's more interesting. I don't know. Lily yeah, has you, no personality. You said you're marrying Harry or you're smashing? Smashing. I'm marrying the. I'm going to marry the Room of Requirement every time because, because like it's always going to give me what I want. She's going to be one of those stalkers that asks you 21 questions and make sure she gets locked in a wine room with you. Uh, she seems like a five, a stage five player. So I'm, I'm, okay. <clears throat> I'm, I'm killing Harry. Uh, I'm definitely marrying the room of requirement because I smashed it last time and it was all right. So I'm going <laughs> to marry it this time. And then uh, I guess I'll, I'll smash Lily. I just want one with book. I know. Book. Come to me book.